What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I could do this all day. The Matt Sodnikar Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. This is Matt Sodnikar. Thank you for listening. Today's guest is actually Lizzie Sodnikar. She has starred in the freshman play at Chaparral called The Long View, a dramatic performance, and also most recently in The Dark Road, the sophomore production. And I was, first of all, blown away by the performance, and second of all, fascinated by the whole acting and uh, dramatic process surrounding uh, plays and wanted to have her on. So with that, welcome, Lizzie. Good to talk to you. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. So we've known each other for a while. It's been a good little while. <laughs> <laughs> about 15 years or so. Yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, first question I wanted to ask you is, take me through your interest in the drama program and how that became kind of the focus of your high school career? Um, Well, I started doing theater in middle school, but that was just like the classes and stuff. So I don't know. I I don't think I really started um, being interested in theater until freshman year, like when I did the long view. And then... I actually started working on crew and stuff after that, all of sophomore year, and then the dark road. So, um, and like now with Encore, it'll be a huge part in my high school career now. So, sure. Yeah. And then what's Encore? Um, so, Encore is pretty much like varsity theater almost. So, it's kind of um, like the highest level class. And there's outside performances and improv. So, yeah. Nice. And you just found out Friday that you made it in. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. So um, describe for me the two plays you've been in. So take me through kind of the, the story of The Long View and then take me through The Dark Road. And then I've got some questions on sort of the audition process and things like that that are amazing and baffling to me at the same time. Okay. Well, um, they're two very different shows, obviously, but, um, the long view was kind of more like a high school love triangle kind of romance thing. So I was, um, like there was basically two guys fighting over my character and um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that doesn't make you feel <laughs> too important at all as a freshman, does it? <laughs> My ego is up there, but it, it's definitely died down. But um, <laughs> uh, so there's that, and then the dark road was um, so set in Nazi Germany, and um, I was I, I played a Nazi, and um. It was basically I got corrupted because of the concentration camp system. And, um, you know, at the end, I'm like not really remorseful or anything because of what I did. And it's just kind of to show how evil can just kind of like take hold of you. And it like doesn't stop after it grabs hold. So two very different shows, but yeah. Between the two, did you have a favorite uh, character or are they just so drastically different that it just, you can't pick? Um, well, my character in the dark road, um, Greta was a lot more challenging to play. And I feel like my character in the long view, who was just, um, her name is Holly. Um, she was a lot easier to play because I feel like she was, you know, a basic kind of teenage girl that, you know, had 
these internal struggles because it was like, oh, which which guy am I going to choose and like all that <laughs> stuff. Um, neither. Boys are dumb. Yeah, I did choose neither of them. Um, but yeah, Holly was more, you know, closely related to myself and like a lot of the other um like high school girls and then Greta obviously like I've had no personal experience with being a Nazi or anything like that so well, we're happy to hear that yeah <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> so I think I had more fun just because of the challenge that Greta had with her so yeah. so who wrote the the two plays who wrote the long view and who wrote the dark road uh, <laughs> I don't remember who wrote the, uh, the long view. We can look that up. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes. Okay. But yeah, I don't remember who the playwrights were. But the dark road I thought was a teacher. Is that what? Um, I think so. Um, I think we got both the plays from, uh, the same website. I think it was like playscripts.com or something like that. So um, I don't really know if it's like only specific playwrights can upload to that, but they're both like published plays that are meant for high school students. So it's a little bit more of an obvious choice to do for a freshman, sophomore play. So so these are both one act plays, right? Uh, yeah. Um, the long view is a little bit longer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, just because it was the only show that we were doing instead of the two that we did this year. Mm-hmm. So the dark road was like 50, 45 minutes. Okay. I think the long view is maybe like an hour or so. But, okay. Yeah. So. Take me through the uh, audition process first. So, the how does that work? Does so does the the class select the play? Do you go through that website you mentioned and say, "Hey, this looks interesting," or does a teacher decide that? Well, um, so for the freshman sophomore plays, we have um, student directors. So over the summer or like whenever they'll find a play. And then they'll show it to, um, like, our theater director, Mr. Peterson. And he'll approve it and then assign, like, stage managers, assistant stage managers, um, an assistant director if there is one. Uh, And then after that for the auditions, it's just whoever, as long as they're a freshman or a sophomore, can audition. So basically all you do is just prepare a one minute monologue, perform that. And then we'll do kind of like callbacks sort of where they'll just pick people to read a little part from the script. And then it's probably with another person just to see like who they think would work well together and then like actually implement that with the script. Mm -hmm. So, and then that's, that's pretty much it. So, so what was the monologue that you had picked for your edition for the dark road? Um, and how did you find that? Well, the dark road, the one that I chose, I don't remember what play it was from, but it was just kind of, it was more of an abstract kind of one instead of just like me talking to the, I'm assuming that it was directed towards the audience. That's kind of how I did it. Um, but it was kind of like this evil sort of monologue. I don't really remember what was in it. <laughs> Check your Google search history. <laughs> yeah, but I found that in um, like this book full of like female monologues. So I just looked through there. Um, I also looked online a little bit, but uh, I just didn't find anything there. So I just found that book and chose that one. So then rehearsed that. <laughs> So are you doing physical actions in conjunction with the monologue? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with the monologues, you have to have a character and have, you know, it's pretty much just like a a scene that you're performing, 
but except the other person isn't there and then you're kind of just the one talking. Oh, okay. Um, and like you, you need to have the character like aside from yourself just to show that, you know, like it's not me that's auditioning. It's like my character in this sense. So are you doing both sides of the monologue or is it almost like you're on the telephone no. with somebody? Yeah, it's pretty okay. much just like a phone call, but it's more like, um, like I know some people, I know I have in my theater, theater one class, I took a scene from Anne Frank when Anne was talking to Peter and I turned that into a monologue. So I pretty much took uh, the two person dialogue and turned it into one person dialogue but the Peter character is still there, but it's only Anne talking okay. right now. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you audition mm-hmm. and then is Mr. Peterson then evaluating the talent and then assigning people for roles? Or are you saying, um, Hey, I'm going for the lead. How does that work for character assignment? Well, when you choose your monologue, Um, it always helps to read the script beforehand so you can choose a character that you want to go for and then pick a monologue based off of what that character does and how that character talks. So, um, when I read the script, I, I wanted to be Greta obviously because, you know, she's like the lead and that would be fun to do. So I chose like an evil monologue to do. And then Peterson actually doesn't have any input in the decision process. He's just kind of there to give feedback. And then the student directors actually make the final decisions. So, you know, I'm assuming that they already have people in mind before the auditions even start. And then they see the auditions and then kind of, you know, apply those thoughts that they previously had. Um, So... Yeah, it's more like you audition and then they choose people and then based on that, then they have those people read for those parts during the callbacks and then the list comes out pretty much that night or the next day. So, okay. Yeah. So then from the cast assignments to the performance April 18th. How long are we talking about from like the addition, the decision, and then how long do you have to learn the 45 minutes that goes into that play? Um, so I think it was auditions and then the cast list came out that night. And then the next day we started with rehearsals. Okay. Um, and how long was it before the show? Uh, like a month and a half, I think. Okay. Um, so we were all memorized within, uh, so that would, we were memorized by the time we got back from spring break. So was that two weeks? Two and a half, I think. Okay. So something like that. Yeah. But, um, I was sick the two days before the auditions. So. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah. So I went in that Wednesday and that was my first day back that week. You sure were balling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, it was an ear infection, if I remember right? Yeah, an ear infection kind of mixed with the flu and strep. And <laughs> oh, man. So then, like, the day that I went back, like, I I didn't really have a voice or anything. But I know I feel like it kind of added to the character that I was playing in my monologue. So and one good thing came out of being sick that's true that's true yeah so this is the part that fascinates me the most and what what i wanted to talk about Mm -hmm. so um two questions here so i've seen a couple of scripts um in online in my life Mm -hmm. and for movies i can't remember what yeah how many pages is the script for the long view like just estimate for the long view i'm sorry i'm sorry for the dark road okay i was like uh, (laughs) don't remember um I think for the dark road, it was 40 or 50 pages. Okay. So, okay. So take me through 50 pages of dialogue. (laughs) 
and what you did exactly to memorize that in two and a half weeks, because that, so you know, tying that together, seeing the performance and not only that, it's not just saying the words, mm-hmm. it's hitting marks and yeah. actions and waiting. So take me through the memorization process because that is one of the things I'm most fascinated about mm-hmm. by watching these performances. Yeah. Um, so for me, what I do and what I did before we actually started blocking and like doing the actions and stuff. So it's blocking. That's like the actions and like where okay. you are on stage and okay. all of that stuff. Um, and so what I did is I, like I had my book with me and then I was typing out the lines that I had. So I just like numbered that. And then after that, I like below that document or whatever, I, um, I typed out like the last little bit of my cue lines. Oh, what's a cue line? Is that just like the line before? Okay. Like another character say. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then I would type that out and then I printed it out and then I would just like look over that and then, obviously during rehearsals and we had had rehearsals every day of the week. Um, so then like doing the actions with it helped a lot. And like after a lot of repetition and like looking through, like I would try to not use my book and try to not use like the actual lines that I typed out and only use the cue lines and, you know, have my book with me, but not use it when I'm actually speaking, only use it for when I need my cues. And then after a while, it just kind of comes to you for me at least, but yeah. So is it the, the repetition and then sort of the, would you call it homework that would dial that in? Uh, yeah. I mean, repetition always helps, but with the actions and everything, it just kind of becomes like a response like oh if I walk over here then I say this line or if I like do this hand motion then I say this line and it's just kind of like the switch that triggers it in my brain for that and then like obviously during the show then it's just kind of like um like when I'm in character it's just like oh like this is what my character needs to say at this moment okay so and how much of all the dialogue do you know i mean you're talking about the cue lines which is kind of like the last few words of what the other character is saying mm-hmm. could you swap characters do you know it that well um i could definitely swap i mean by the end of the show i think i i knew every part of di- dialogue mm-hmm um just because i was on stage the entire time so i was hearing everything the entire time um i could definitely switch character like in a rehearsal or something if we switch characters i could do that with um my like the sister character lisa or um like the reporter daimla because all of their dialogue is only with me Mm -hmm. so it's always that back and forth and i could just flip that so by the end of the show like if they um, like mess up a line or something, I could correct them without having the directors correcting them. Mm. So it was, it was definitely the repetition because of like how often we were doing it. Cause we would run through the show like two or three times a rehearsal. So really, yeah, we would try to at least. So <laughs> Yeah. So how rough is the first, what do you call it? Like a a walkthrough or a read through where you're actually reading from the book and doing how, how rough is that? Um, well, what we do is, um, like the first day when we first get our scripts is we just sit in a circle and read through, we don't even try and act it out or anything. Um, and then the next day, that's when we actually try to, implement everything but even before we start actually running through the whole show we'll um like because in our show we had like the three kind of sections so it was like the like the camps and then you know the prison and then wherever me and lisa were like at the house or something Mm -hmm. 
um, it would just make sure we have those down. So then it was like, oh, when uh, Greta and Lisa are talking, then we need to be over here. And then like the gestures and the blocking kind of with the one-on-one stuff just kind of come naturally. And if there's anything that our director doesn't want in there, then she'll just be like, okay, wait, like change that to this. And then like the first week or so was just kind of running through it as best as we could. And then picking out the stuff that we wanted and the stuff that we didn't want. And then after we got off book, then we could actually get into like the super specifics with like every single character instead of like as a collective. So it it's not rough because it's just like what happens with the process. Sure. So like polishing almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get the script, you get the part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that pretty exciting when you found out you got the lead? Yeah. I mean, um, I kind of figured that I would get that part just because um, all of the other female sophomores, um, like I figured that, you know, like Charlotte and Brielle would get into the romantic comedy rather than the dark road. But, you know, like even if they were, they were just like, oh yeah, I'd much rather have like a guard or a prisoner. So it was kind of on what they auditioned with and everything. And I think I was the only one who really auditioned for Greta. So, you know, like I was glad and, you know, there, it was kind of like that initial, like, like, Oh, cool. Like I'm going to be doing that, but it wasn't really like shock. So (laughs) cool. So you get the part Mm -hmm. and then, uh, again, the character is a, Nazi prison guard. This is after the war. So mm-hmm. like 45, 46, right? Uh, yeah. So it would be like the flashbacks would be like right before the Holocaust kind of ended and right before the camps were liberated. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like when, uh, when it's like me talking in the prison, then it's maybe like a year after. Okay. So like right at the end. Okay. So you get the part and obviously one of the worst times in human history, for sure, of Mm -hmm. inhumanity to other (laughs) humans. Um, What do you do to prepare for six weeks of Mm. black, dark, and calling it the dark road. Yeah. <laughs> that is like the most understated title mm-hmm. for how powerful this performance was and the yeah. subject matter. So how do you set your mind to say that, all right, for the next, you know, after school and weekends for the next mm-hmm. six weeks or eight weeks, this is the character that I am going to be. How do you get into that? And then how do you, how do you manage that during and after that? Because mm-hmm just seeing the performance um, and I'll shut up and let you answer the question here in a second. I don't know if you noticed this, but after the uh, curtain came down or closed and the lights went off, it was silent for like two or three seconds. Mm -hmm. Like nobody moved, nobody said anything, which Mm -hmm. I think was a testament to really how powerful the play was and how well executed it was. But it was fucking dark. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so take me through like how you decided to approach the character and what mm-hmm. you did to manage your, I guess, your outlook on life to be so immersed in a character as evil and as dark as this mm-hmm. for six weeks. Yeah. Well, um, so when we first started reading through, um, I realized that. Greta wasn't always like angry and evil like throughout the whole thing because those like tender moments that she has with Lisa at the beginning Mm -hmm. were just kind of like I needed to be able to switch from like dark and evil to like the kind loving older sister so mainly what we did is like the kind loving older sister was like easy for me to do because you know I'm not normally like an evil, malicious person. (laughs) 
um, so then what me and um, the director worked on mainly was just like how to switch back and forth and then like what levels of intensity because I kind of had three characters at the beginning hmm. where I was the guard so I was kind of more like stone-faced and then with the reporter I was a little bit more like vulnerable but still like angry and then obviously with Lisa I'm like kind and loving so at the beginning it's just kind of like building up those three characters and then at the end they kind of all like merge into that one like evil character so it was all just working to make sure that I have those differences and then make sure that throughout the play that like those differences start to kind of like fade away and they start to kind of like mold together and then obviously at the end um when I'm at the gallows then it's like you know like you don't see any of the like kind with Lisa you don't see any of the vulnerability with Daimler anymore and they all just like come together into the the guard but more like outspoken Mm -hmm. so that and then um to kind of like manage it I just like left everything like dark road related at rehearsal after we were memorized so that you know I wouldn't be like taking that dark thing like home or anything um like obviously like we would talk about it but I wouldn't rehearse at home I wouldn't do anything like that after we got memorized so Hmm. I just made sure that it stayed with the rehearsal process and then even at rehearsal we wanted to make sure that you know it wasn't too tough to do all the time so we had was it ever did you ever get overwhelmed by um, the character or the subject matter or the story sometimes like we did these uh character like activities where um it would be our character and then we would have to look into another character's eyes for like two minutes I think just like hold that eye contact and every person that I looked at during that activity was like a prisoner Hmm. so I was like just like in character but I would just think of like the hatred of that person and then after that like our director was kind of like she was glad that we did it because it helped us build our character up but after we did that we just made sure that we played like fun games and we just like took a break from all of that and we normally did that in between our runnings of the show so we'd run it once and then we'd still have like an hour and a half to do um another run or anything else so we just kind of relax and like get out of character and take a break for a little bit and just make sure that it's not like always in character for the whole two, two and a half hour rehearsal process. So yeah. Did you ever lose it? Did you ever break down or anything with just like, no, I think I was pretty good at just making sure that, you know, like the times that I needed to be Greta were those times and the other times where I was, you know, myself again, then it was all of that. So yeah. And for me getting into character was just kind of like standing on stage before the curtain opened for a minute and then I'm in character. And then once the curtain closes, I can just be out of character again. So it's not too difficult being in and out of that. So yeah, it's pretty impressive. And seeing the, the cast members, outside the theater afterwards Mm -hmm. and you know everybody from your character to your sister's character to everybody and just really kind of celebrating the performance and having a party like Mm -hmm. it's a little um not disconcerting that's not the word i'm looking for Mm -hmm. but it's fascinating to see that it can be just so boisterous and social and so happy after such a a very, very heavy dramatic performance. And it's just, again, that's why I'm talking to you is it was just fascinating to see the whole process and be somewhat behind the scenes about it and Mm -hmm. just see the, the dramatic performance side of that. Yeah. (laughs) 
So the play itself, just to give the listeners some context, you're a, you're a prison guard and then it flashes backwards to your sister mm-hmm. and who played your sister? Um, so that was Helen Campbell. So basically like the play is that I am in a prison, like getting ready to be hung because of like the war crimes that mm-hmm. I committed. So I'm telling all of these things to the reporter. So then they would and who played the, the reporter. That was Gabe Davis. Um, and then, so it would be like the prison and like me and the reporter talking, and then it would go into the sister scene or the guard scene. And then, you know, at the end I get hung. So yeah, there's that. So yeah. So it's basically (laughs) Greta is just kind of retelling all of her events that like got her to this point mm-hmm. and like got her to her execution. So yeah. And then, you know, there's obviously development with um, the reporter's character. Cause he was actually in Auschwitz. Um, he wasn't a Jew though. So it wasn't like right. that major, but it was still like fairly major that, you know, I managed to talk to someone who, you know, if I had worked at Auschwitz instead of Ravensbrück, which is an all-female camp, then um, it would have just been a little bit more, like, impactful. But Hmm. it was still kind of heavy with that stuff, so. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I I could see the character change between the different scenes, just like the the tenderness with um, Lisa, your mm-hmm. sister, and then would you call it more vulnerable with the reporter? Or? Um, yeah, that's how I tried to play it more. And then, you know, as you know, cause I feel like with Greta, as she's telling um, Daimler, all of these things, then she's like realizing that, you know, cause like in her mind, sh- what she's doing is right. Mm-hmm. So she's like realizing that all of these things were like making Germany better and, you know, like improving the state of the country, even though it really wasn't, but she firmly believes that it is. Mm-hmm. So like at first it's like vulnerable because she, you know, is obviously sentenced to death and, you know, she doesn't really have anything left to lose at that point at the beginning. So, you know, she's like kind of more willing to tell these things to the reporter. Um, but then after there's some development, some change, then she's still willing, but she's more like proud as she's telling these things. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Almost, um, defiant a little bit, even in the face of the the evidence and everything else. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that's one way to put it. (laughs) And uh, this hasn't been performed before, right? Is that what Peterson Um, was saying? Well, it has. Is this the stage debut? No. I think it's been performed at other schools and stuff. Oh, okay. Because I don't know how old it is, but I think it's a fairly new play, but I think some other high schools have done it. But um, for us, it was the first time that we had actually like hung someone on stage like i should hope so well yeah but like actually had the noose around someone's neck Uh, rather than just have it be like a set piece mm. or you know um like a prop that is just kind of there it's actually used so 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 what do you do with an actual gallows and a noose in terms of like safety precautions. So I don't have to fill out any paperwork after the show. (laughs) Right. Well, um, what we did is, so we had like the platform raise up. Um, was that on hydraulics? Yeah, I think, I think so. But, um, we had that. And then on the noose, there was like a Velcro, like part that would release. Oh, okay. So like if, um, cause like right after the lights go out at the end, the lift starts to lower. Mm. Um, 
So, you know, I need to like get my head out of there as fast as I can. Um, but if it happened where like, I couldn't get my head out, I could just like break it off and then, Mm. yeah. (laughs) So like a breakaway, Mm -hmm. but not actual functional. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. If it tried to support any weight, it would just break. So (laughs) yeah. Good to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So after the, um, take me through the opening night. So this is, you've had, have you had dress rehearsals at this point? Okay. Yeah, we would have had like two dress rehearsals. So. Okay. So are there, is there audience for the dress rehearsal? Um, it was the other cast that watched okay. that and then like a few other people, but. So friendly, it's like people in the drama program. Yeah. So um, take me through like the hour before showtime on opening night, what do you do? What's the process? What are you thinking about? What are you doing before the curtain goes up? Well, mainly what we were working on is um, like, obviously like hair and makeup costumes, but um, my hair took like 30 minutes to do. Um, so it was quite it was mainly, elaborate. Yeah. So it was mainly, <laughs> Um, just doing that. And then also like with the rom-com before ours, we just had some time to relax. So our call time was at five o'clock and then the first show started at seven. Mm. And then that was like 40, 45 minutes that we had to just like relax after that. So, um, I would say that our like getting ready was a lot more you know, stress-free than the other cast was. Um, so we were able to do our, uh, like, warm-ups and stuff while they were doing their show. And then, obviously, we did our traditions and stuff before they went on. So what are your warm-ups? What do you do before um, play? It's mainly just, like, articulation warm-ups and making sure that, you know, we have the energy and we're, like, woken up. So, <laughs> Yeah. So what's an articulation exercise? Can you do one? Um, so one of them would be uh, unique New York, n- New York's unique, you know, you need unique New York. <laughs> so, Are you trying to say it fast? You're trying to say it accurate. Um, you're trying to say it loud and hit every syllable and like have the diction there. If you can say it fast, you know, that's fine, but mm-hmm. I could never say it fast. So, and can you share the traditions or are those exclusive to chaparral? Um, and you, if you don't want to, you don't have to. Those are something. a little, a little bit exclusive. They're okay. not like amazing no, things or anything. No, that's fine. Yeah. No, so. those are, those are good to keep private. Yeah. Okay. So you warm up, you have your traditions and your articulation exercises. Mm-hmm. Then what's next? Um, so then the real moment would be after um the first show ends there's like a 10 minute intermission maybe um so during that 10 minutes it's just us uh well changing the set Mm -hmm. and then just us getting into character on stage so i know like other people in the cast would you know spend the entire time that the other show is going on like getting into character but you know, I just really had to like stand on the stage for a little while and then just get into character. And then, you know, once the curtain opens and the lights go up then yeah. <laughs> so, so any, <clears throat> any physiological reaction prior to that? And I guess I'm saying, are you, do you feel nervous or excited at all before the stage goes up? Tell me about like the, the lights go out and it's 30 seconds before the curtain goes up. What are you thinking? What are you feeling at that point? Um, um, I mean, I'm mainly just like, like at that point I I'm in character. So I'm kind of thinking as Greta almost. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just kind of like whatever she would feel before, you know, that moment, like the crowd's like yelling at her, but, um I guess it's like a little bit nervous but it's not really like you know like nauseous or anything it's Mm -hmm. just kind of you know more like excited to do the show 
So, yeah, I'm not really, I never really got like completely nervous before a performance because, you know, I felt confident with the other cast members with, um, you know, the other people that they would be able to do what they needed to do mm-hmm. on stage. So, yeah, it was just kind of making sure that, you know, I had all my props, you know, my costume was good. I had my swastika on <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. Period authentic. Yep. <clears throat> so <laughs> that was the realest that we could get without doing like fake German accents. So <laughs> I think that'd be kind of tough to do. Yeah. Well, I think that would just take away from the message of the show. And then also, so we we're going to do the German accents, but I feel like that would have added a little bit more of a, like comedic element to that. I mean, definitely did not want that. And then um, we also wanted uh, the prisoners to have bald caps because mm. that's what they would have done. They would have shaved the prisoners' heads. Um, but that would have also distracted from yeah. the main story because if the prisoners came out and they're all bald, then the audience would be like, oh my gosh, they're bald. Well, it's more like, oh, they are the prisoners at the concentration camp. So, yeah, it seems like a minor detail that wouldn't have added mm-hmm. anything to the performance and you know, no. it was a distraction. It would have added like nothing, but it would have taken away a yeah. majority of what we were trying to do. So. Sure. Yeah, and I think you're right with the German accents. That's very hard to do because mm-hmm. I know that if I'm doing an accent trying to be funny, that mm-hmm. it's coming from a comedic performance, yeah. you know, not trying to <clears throat> make fun of a foreign language, but I don't speak that very, very well. So mm-hmm. I think and that would have been hard to keep that up for 45 minutes to keep an accent going. Yeah. And, um, I mean, their director didn't want to spend like a week or so, like making sure that every single person who had a speaking line had the German accent. Right. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because if you have a German accent and you're in Germany talking to other Germans, why wouldn't you just speak German? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. So, yeah. So. Awesome. <laughs> so um, how did the character or the performance affect you or change you? I think it just brought a little bit more awareness to... Uh, like that whole event, like the mm-hmm. Holocaust, because obviously I had read Anne Frank and earlier that year in our theater class, we performed um, this show called uh, I Never Saw Another Butterfly, hmm. which was like based in, you know, the Holocaust and stuff like that. But I just think that having, because like with all of those shows, it's always from the perspective of, you know, the the Jews and like what they had to go through but I think playing a character that was a Nazi and that did the other side to everything it brought a little bit more light to just how horrible everything was that happened um but also like with me and like my acting I just feel like I can play a wider range of characters now that I've like gone to the kind of like the far end of the dark side Mm -hmm. with that. And then, you know, I feel like I can easily play like a super comedic, silly character now just because I did that serious stuff. And, you know, obviously like that and like a comedic character was, is going to be different, but it'll be a little bit easier because I already did one end of the spectrum. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, it was quite a powerful performance. <clears throat> and when you came out and uh, like, I knew it was you, mm-hmm. but you didn't look like you. <laughs> I mean, the, the hairstyle was, I, I do have some pictures that we can share later, but mm-hmm. the hairstyle was uh, pretty amazing. But yeah. um, you were definitely a different person. I mean, you were Mm -hmm. definitely that character and (laughs) it was not the costume and it was not set. You had a different persona. It was really cool to see. (laughs) 
It was yeah. really cool to see. And it was, I, I caught myself, um, smiling a lot because you know it's called the dark road yeah. and it's very grim subject matter. It was fascinating to see your physical transformation on stage. Yeah. Well, we spent a while with that. So, Oh, it should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's good. For sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and the two most powerful things in that play for me were the the, the storyline with the necklace, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which was from a prisoner that you had gifted to your sister, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> also um, tell the audience kind of what happened with your sister. So, pretty much what happened is, you know, as the story goes on it just becomes like more and more apparent that, um, you know, Lisa is like trying to save the Jews and like trying to help them. And, you know, Greta is very, you know, devoted to the concentration camp. So like hearing her own sister say that is kind of like almost a disgrace to her. So Um, by the end of the show, uh, Lisa takes the necklace and goes to the concentration camp that Greta works at and, um, like shows the prisoners a newspaper that says, you know, Germany's losing the war. So, you know, they'll probably be saved soon and all of that. And then tries to give the necklace back so that it can go to the prisoner that it was originally from. And then, you know, I catch her and like pretty much send her to her death. So, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of turn where, you know, every, everybody knows and like even Greta knows that, you know, that's her sister. But at that point, you know, Greta just thinks that she's not worth saving anymore. So yeah <laughs> all of that <laughs> <clears throat> well and not to laugh at that but that was one of the things that i thought made that whole play that was the the linchpin of it all was mm-hmm. that the going from the playwright to you know your performance and then essentially selling your sister out and then still at the end of it being fully committed to the cause mm-hmm. and not showing any remorse. Cause I think as, as you're telling that story again and thinking about the performance, I think it would have been maybe stereotypical or cliche that Greta would have had remorse for that. Mm-hmm. And I think it solidified and made it more memorable and more interesting that she basically didn't give it up at all, Mm -hmm. even with the most personal uh, impact of what was going on around her. And so Mm -hmm. I thought that was a a very creative turn for that, for that character. And it made it (laughs) pure evil Mm -hmm. (laughs) without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. And I I feel like I would have, I mean, I still would have enjoyed the process and enjoyed the, the mm-hmm. show itself but i think if greta had that you know and like oh maybe i shouldn't have done that or you know like after the camps are liberated and before her death if she you know pleads her innocence or something i think it would have just lost its infect like lost the effect entirely if yeah i totally agree she did that because i'm sure you know, most of the audience was expecting that at the end. Like when I have the noose around my neck and that final monologue, you know, instead of rather saying like what I did say about like, oh, like I am the evil inside of every single one of you. So, you know, like I'm already there so I can take control at any time rather than being like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to do it. I was just doing it for Germany. I, you know, I'm, 
I'm glad for that, even mm-hmm. though it was like the worst possible situation to have happened. Yeah. And I, I thought it wasn't a caricature either. I didn't feel like it was a uh, superhero villain. I thought that there was definitely some <clears throat> um, flawed human characteristics of it, mm-hmm. I mean, despite selling out her sister and, and those things. Like, I didn't feel like it ever devolved into sort of like a Bond villain, you know, from, you've probably never seen these, but from the, <laughs> not the uh, uh, new Bond films, but just like these people are just evil to the point of being silly. Like I just felt that it was a realistic level of mm-hmm. uh, dark um, perception and, and behavior from that character. Yeah. Well, it was all like <clears throat> super realistic because it was a real place, a real event that happened. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, probably could have been based off of a real person. And, you know, all of this could have been a true story. Sure. So I think just having that whole aspect to it where it's like, you know, this has always had that possibility of being a completely true story Mm -hmm. that has been like made into a play. I think it's just a little bit more real and believable. Yeah. Instead of, you know, like if the Holocaust had never happened and like trying to make up this whole situation and performing the exact same play. It was just, it would, it would have lost its kind of impact on people because, you know, even though Greta and Lisa, you know, that whole side story was probably added. I think everything with the guard scene and maybe, maybe the reporter, but I think that was all like real. So Yeah. Yeah. Powerful, powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. So what is next on your performing calendar? What, uh, what are you doing after this? Um, so after this, um, I won't be in any more performances before the end of the school year, but um, I will be getting like inducted, I guess, into Encore. Um, and then with that is like you know, dinner theater and improv and um, more performances with that that are actually set. And then hopefully fall play, um, doing crew for the musical and maybe stage managing a fresh soft or assistant directing. Um, But yeah, so... (laughs) Lots and lots of things coming up. (laughs) Well, I can't wait to see it. And it's been uh, so fun to witness. So Mm -hmm. uh, I thank you for taking the time in your apartment here to (laughs) (laughs) to, uh, talk about the dramatic process. Mm -hmm. So it's been fascinating. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) You're very welcome. Uh, We'll put links to the Chaparral Theater program. So if you want to come and see uh, Miss Lizzie perform, and uh, I I will admit some great performances, Um, still kind of weird about the musicals, but there's been some great performances there. And definitely the dramatic acting is uh, something to behold. So uh, with that, this is Matt Sonnikar, and thank you for listening.